Shalom, and welcome to Israel Policy Pod, where we're spreading knowledge about Israel and not diseases, where we're hoping for immunity from coronavirus and not for prime ministers under indictment, and where, instead of extending sovereignty over the West Bank, we're extending good wishes to you and your family during this difficult time. I'm your host, Evan Gottesman. And I'm Eli Koaz. Evan, very, very impressive. Love, love the introduction. Thank you. Thank you. I, I think that we need to keep it uh, a little, you know, keep, keep our spirits up. Definitely. But in the spirit of forthrightness uh, in the Israel Policy Forum organizational value, we are also going to continue to bring you the latest news out of Israel on Israel Policy Pod. And it has certainly been a momentous week for Israel's political system uh, following last week's elections and now the continued spiral of this coronavirus pandemic, uh, there have been some changes in the Israeli political arena. That's right. And obviously everything has been kind of overshadowed by coronavirus and uh, the developments. But what happened uh, last week was particularly interesting because what happened immediately after elections, um, after the results became clear, was that Benny Gantz was going to do all he could to form a minority government with the support of the joint list from the outside. This was talked about by him, by Amir Peretz. He even met with Lieberman to discuss this. And all of the uh, four uh, leaders of Kaholavan, the cockpit as they're called, were on board. Benny Gantz, Gabi Ashkenazi, Bogialon, the three former chiefs of staff, and uh, Yair Lapid was on board with this idea. But then this week, we heard an interesting development or kind of change of heart from one particular MK, a member of the Meretz Gesher Labor, uh, that unity party comprised of the two left wing parties, Labor and Meretz, and also Gesher, a party that was formed for the first round of elections by Orly Levy Abekasis, who was a former Israel Beitenu MK. She's the daughter of former foreign minister David Levy, and she made the way all the way from Israel Beitenu to a unity agreement uh, with Meretz. Not many cross the Israeli political spectrum like that in such a quick period of time. So a lot of people were asking themselves, how can this be? And it proved uh, that she was probably playing Amir Peretz and uh, Nitzan Horvitz, the leader of marriage. She was playing them all along because this week she said that she was not bound uh, by any uh, previous like agreements with Labour and with Meretz and that she does not support this idea of a minority government, even though... A week before elections, she actually said on, on TV, there's a clip that's been played and played over again in Israeli media. She said that we won't have any problem if a government is formed with the support of the Arab parties uh, from the outside. She even said it was a positive thing. You, you have to wonder in this kind of situation what's going on behind the scenes, because this had to have been a conversation that was had internally between the leaders of Labour, Meretz, and Gesher, Orly Levy, Abakasis being Gesher's, basically their sole representative on that list. Uh, this was always a possibility. And if 
Benny Gantz wanted to have a government that didn't involve Likud, that wasn't a unity government, then really the only option is some sort of minority government involving the joint list, because the joint list has been reluctant to actually formally join a coalition. And so, you know, like you said, uh, previously Orly Levy Abikas, uh, sorry, like you said, previously Orly Levy Abikasis had indicated that uh, she was willing to join this kind of government. Clearly, she was aware of it. So, you know, I think that she bears some responsibility uh, to suddenly act like she's surprised. Uh, perhaps there were some deals or arrangements made behind the scenes. On the flip side, I think that Peretz, leader of labor, and Harvitz, uh, the leader of Meretz also bear some responsibility for this falling yeah, apart. Yeah, especially Amir Peretz, I would say. Right, Amir right. he was, was he the, was the arm, one yeah. who, who originally brought uh, Gesher into labor for the, 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 sorry, he was the one who originally brought Gesher into labor for the September election. And also, you know, they have to understand this is who they're dealing with. You know, everyone's entitled to their beliefs, but Orly Levi Abakasis is someone who probably is best described as a, as a right wing or center right MK. She was coming from Yisrael Beitenu, the party of Avigdor Lieberman. Uh, what is most surprising, though, is that Lieberman seemed at least to be heading in the direction of being able to accept this kind of arrangement with the joint list, even though uh, anti, uh, anti-Arab anti uh, positions have been a mainstay of Lieberman's platform for the duration of his political career. But you know, he in, in another sense, I think he was also hedging. And I think that the more MKs who are not willing to sit with uh, sit in a government that's supported by the joint list from other parties that are not Yisrael Beitenu, uh, the less incentive Lieberman has to compromise because he is not looking to come out and be the vanguard of progress in Israel. Yeah, no, that's right. And so on Sunday, that's the planned day for uh, President uh, Reuven Rivlin to have consultations with all of the party heads, where he'll discuss with them who they see uh, as their candidate for prime minister and who they recommend be given the first chance to form a government. And Orly Levy actually went to the length to send a letter to the president asking that she have a meeting of her own um, and not be included in the meeting of the actual party that she is a, a part of, or at least the list that she is a part of, something that's also pretty unprecedented uh, in Israeli politics. Pretty much she, she cheated Amir Peretz into this. Amir Peretz bought uh, that she was serious about this, and uh, Orly Levy put on a pretty good poker face lying throughout the election uh, campaign. And at the same time, she didn't give any... Uh, you could say that in the previous election, Labour Gesher did get a small amount of votes uh, in uh, right-wing, traditionally right-wing towns. Uh, but in this election, uh, she brought absolutely no electoral value, and it looks like she'll be an integral part of uh, at least uh, in- enabling uh, Netanyahu to remain prime minister for at least a, a bit a bit longer. Yeah, and this also provides a good transition into the other topic that is hanging over Israeli politics, perhaps more than anything else, which is coronavirus. President Rivlin, as you mentioned, is holding his consultations with the different political parties on Sunday. Uh, this date had been moved up because of the uh, national, the international threat posed by coronavirus. 
And there is now this momentum in Israeli politics initiated by Prime Minister Netanyahu and his allies in the right wing parties to create what he's calling a national emergency government or an emergency unity government that would bring uh, Kahol Lavan into the fold under uh, Netanyahu's leadership to confront the coronavirus outbreak with a functioning government. Uh, now, Benny Gantz, the leader of Kahol Lavan, has set out his own conditions saying that he's interested in considering this proposal, and I, I think he has no choice but to say, at the very least, that he'll consider it, given the scale of the outbreak, but that the coronavirus um, is a threat that uh, is going to impact all Israeli citizens, regardless of their politics, and that this kind of national emergency government needs to include all of the different political parties that means including the joint list, the, the primarily Israeli-Arab alliance of four political parties, which Netanyahu has, uh, has you know, campaigned against, has said really terrible things about, and most recently just counted them out of the calculations in terms of coalitions. He, he, he said that you only get to tally a coalition based on having a Zionist majority or a Jewish majority, which is, of course, something that has no basis in Israeli law. Uh, but has been a centerpiece of Netanyahu's uh, political campaign since the election and in the final stages of this most recent election. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And Netanyahu has done a great job at utilizing, I mean, obviously still uh, he has a responsibility as the outgoing uh, care or the caretaker prime minister, which is what he is and which effectively what he has been for the last few months in uh, really taking command of the of coronavirus as an issue that is almost his like just his personal issue. He's making all the annou announcements, limiting uh, the amount of time the health professionals have to speak at press conferences. He he's really just taking this as his issue, and obviously he has political considerations as well. I mean, I'm sure he cares about the well-being of Israelis. I'm not suggesting uh, otherwise. But at the same time, uh, he is very aware that he has a court trial that is set to begin on March uh, 17th. He hasn't forgotten that. Um, and he hasn't forgotten his, his three indictments. And he is eyeing, whenever they may be, he is eyeing fourth, fourth elections or a way to uh, secure um, his his future as Israel's uh, prime minister. So that's something that people need to take into account. Now, again, I'm not discounting at all his care or concern uh, for the health of Israelis, but he is definitely, without a doubt, utilizing this to his advantage, both from a political perspective and a, a judicial perspective, if you have it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the best way to put it, is that Netanyahu didn't want coronavirus to happen. I think that would be terrible to say. I don't think anyone wanted coronavirus to happen. There, there's, there's nothing to be gained here for anyone in unleashing this kind of terrible uh, global threat. At the same time, Netanyahu has made himself indispensable. And given his strategy for the past year and a half of just playing it day by day, just another day in the prime minister's office, is another day that he's not in prison, uh, this plays right into that. So there's no reason to expect that he won't do everything to take advantage 
of the situation in addition to his uh, capacity, fulfilling his capacity as prime minister. I think the question for Israelis and for people who are concerned about the situation there is going to be when those two uh, conflict. As you mentioned, his trial is starting this week. Uh, you know, there's a question. There's a question before coronavirus. Can a prime minister on trial uh, fulfill their duties as prime minister in handling the affairs of government and also be a defendant in a court case and, and all the time that that's going to take? And, and I think that this is going to put that to, to the test. And, and I think that Netanyahu's call for a national emergency government, on the one hand, certainly makes practical sense in the sense that you, you want to make sure that you have a fully staffed and functioning government to respond to this sort of thing. On the other hand, uh, what a surprise. Who's going to run this national emergency government? It's Netanyahu. The other thing is that I think it'll be really interesting to watch the response to Gantz's position on this, which is that uh, the government should include all of the political parties because we've already seen Netanyahu uh, give his immediate response to this, which is to say that he doesn't want a government with terror supporters in it, meaning that he, he's not going to accept Gantz's position on a national emergency government with the joint list. But if Gantz holds his ground and Netanyahu stakes out his position and Gantz is continuing to stand up for the joint list, uh, then it's possible that Netanyahu might not have a choice, but it would really compromise one of his central positions, which has been basically railing against the joint list, railing against Israeli Arab politicians. Um, and the joint list is, is, it'll also be interesting to see how, how they would fit in to a government that includes Likud. I mean, we've seen now um, Ahmed Tibi, the head of the Tal party, which is part of the joint list. He's also a medical doctor and he's hard at work, not only in the Knesset, but also responding as in his capacity as a medical professional to the coronavirus outbreak. And, uh, you know, it, it would certainly be something new, but we're in unprecedented times and we're going to continue to monitor the situation and we'll continue to bring you news and analysis on this with Israel Policy Pod. Uh, but with that, um, I want to bring this episode to a close. Thank you all for tuning in. So, Eli, do you have any special plans as you hunker down for this coronavirus crisis other than of course continuing to produce top-rate israeli political analysis listen evan I, I can't promise you a lot right now but i do know that i will tell you the truth unlike many israeli politicians including orly levy who also believes that coronavirus is a chinese developed biological weapon and she is running to be israel's next uh health minister. And I don't know if you've watched any of the press conferences with Netanyahu and with Israel's current health minister, the head of UTJ, United Torah Judaism Party, Yaakov Litzman. Uh, he doesn't uh, inspire confidence for for millions of concerned uh, Israelis. I can't say that I've watched every Yaakov Litzman press conference in the past week. I've been too busy reading and then rereading your 2018 article saying that Orly Levy uh, may be Israel's next kingmaker. And while I think you might have oversold uh, her positive impact on Israeli politics, you weren't necessarily wrong because uh, Gantz had a pretty clear path to a minority government. And uh, Levy seems to be one of the people who is now holding that up. So 
She, in a way, wields a lot of power. We're going to. Continue. That's right, and also Evan. I mean, uh, without without uh, any live sports uh, going on at the moment, you have plenty of time to watch some Yaakov uh, Litzman and uh, Bibi Netanyahu press conferences. So, I mean, I th- I would say that uh, Yaakov Litzman press conference is about as spectator friendly as professional baseball. So, uh, it's about that equivalent. <laughs> um, with that, that uh, has it has about the same pacing. Um, with that, <laughs> apologies to all, I, I mean I'm a big baseball fan, so I apologize to all, all our base MLB fans that are listening. Yeah. I'm going to bring this episode of Israel Policy Pod to a close. Uh, as we mentioned at the end of our last episode, Israel Policy Forum is continuing to monitor the coronavirus situation, and we will be in communication with you through our email social media and web platforms about how this will affect our programming going forward but we encourage everyone to stay positive stay safe and you know israel policy pod remains a clean sanitary totally safe way to continue to engage with our work so we encourage you to keep tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode thanks for joining us